The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Finish Strong Friday presented, of course, by DraftKings. And I'm just realizing right now, since I was in Los Angeles all week, just took the red eye back, landed an hour and a half ago, I totally forgot to pick winners this week. So no Mike Singletary. I will rectify that for Sunday night's show. We will do a show Sunday night. I will have winners on Sunday night. That is my bad. I got to tell you guys, I was crazy busy, but should have some really good NFL playing guests coming up over the next couple weeks as a result of the contacts I made there and the cell phone numbers I got at the broadcast boot camp, which was, by the way, a really cool experience. Always great to see and hang out with guys like the McCordy Twins and Larry Fitzgerald, Richard Sherman, Cam Hayward, Thomas Davis, all just really awesome, impressive guys. Yeah, I don't hang around active players that often, so it was great to get a chance to know those guys a little bit better, give them a few tips as they're trying to enter into the media potentially or at least exploring it. It was awesome. Really, really awesome. Loved being around those guys and appreciative of NFL Network and NFL player engagement in terms of uh, bringing me in to be one of the faculty members. Hard to believe that 15 years ago, was the first ever NFL broadcast boot camp. And I was I was one of the guys. I was one of the people that applied and got in. And now here we are 15 years later. I think I've been to every one that they have had since then. So I forgot the winners. I have a pretty good excuse. The good news for you guys is that means you got a couple days to still be the spread the word winner at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, I check them all. You guys know that I check them all. Facebook shares or comments, Instagram likes or comments. Same with the tweet, Twitter, especially the quote tweets. Love that stuff. You can be the sponsor confirmation email winner. I'm going to tell you about Raycon earbuds a little bit later. 
Loved some Raycon earbuds, was all over it uh, when I was working out, on the plane, back and forth. And then the YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL is always awesome. Other than that, very excited about today's guest. Very excited about the big show. This is a guy that I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. It's big show time. The big show. As promised, we are joined by a guy that I have long admired and wanted to get on the show for a long time for a variety of reasons. You can check him out on Twitter at Big Duke 50. You can see the links to everything he's got there with his link tree. He is located in Frisco, Texas. He's the guy, as far as I know. I'm sure there's other guys out there, but he's the guy I know when it comes to O-line scouting and development. Duke, thank you so much for coming on the show. Ross, thank you for having me, man. It's uh, We've been trying to get this particular episode uh, you know, put put out, and uh, I'm happy to finally be here and talk some shop with you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, okay. I want to start with exactly what you would say it is that you do, because I feel like there's a bunch of different things. Like, in my head, right, you kind of help guys get ready for the combine, but then you help them get ready for their pro days and working out with O-line coaches. But I know in the summer, you're getting guys ready for the season. So those can be different things. How would you describe what it is that you do with O-line masterminds and everything else you got going? Yeah, so that's a great question uh, because people would look at it and say, oh, he trains football players. But what you just alluded to is spot on. Um, I kind of look at what I do and what our brand is in a couple of different phases. Uh, The first phase is the rookie transition phase, which is also known as combine um, prep. And I call it the rookie transition phase because you don't come to me just to prepare for the combine. You come to me to kind of check that box of being prepared for the combine, but it's also the transition you into taking that first step from the college game to what it's going to take to be in a building and to be able to be a successful uh, uh, player on Sundays. So uh, we keep a tight schedule. Um, We train during that eight to 10 week period, uh, two to three times a day. Um, We're training the mind, we're training the body, we're training the craft, we're looking at tape. Um, We're talking about how to conduct yourself um, in the building. We're talking about the importance for prehab and the importance for staying on top of the body, importance of nutrition importance of supplementation, um, the importance of being able to control your own narrative in that regard. And then, of course, the physical stuff that everybody loves to see. So that eight to 10 week program, um, we think is very crucial. But then again, we try to make it a great, uh, a great experience. But we tell them like this eight to 10 week program is just checking the box that we need to check for your senior bowl or East West Shrine game. And then check the box for the combine and then checking the box for your pro day because we know those are just events. They're not the destination. We don't, we don't per se put too much stock in, you know, earning it then, you know, of course it's something that we got to do, but the bottom line is we want to walk into that door after being drafted and be dominant football players or getting it kind of right away. Because as we know, 
Um, there's no such thing really as pro ready until you get there. Um, and you can attest to that. So that first phase, that rookie transition program, and then we've got our veteran off-season program, which, you know, we've got 40 veteran guys that come down here and train from anywhere to, you know, eight to 10 weeks, uh, getting ready for that off-season program. We've got our O-line mastermind summit, which is the largest, the largest aggregation of college players, NFL players, coaches, medical professionals, and it's a two or three day event where we all get in a room and we talk best practices for anything from the ground up for O-line training, um, you name it. I mean, we talk about how to navigate and talk to the media. We talk about um, how to take care of your body, the importance of keeping track of um, injuries and keeping track of um, just, you know, potential, even like small things. So it's really a holistic approach. And then I think the final phase that everybody loves is kind of, um, you know, when it comes full circle in the actual training aspect, which some people see the videos um, and how that relates to all the evaluation. But like I said, it's kind of a three or four headed must monster in terms of what I do. There's really never an off season for me uh, because now I've dappered into the business side of it, as you know, we'll probably talk about it here with the beer coming out and some of the things we're doing with the bourbon with Buffalo Trace. But um, it's it's been crazy, to say the least. It's awesome, man. Um, is there is there a part of it that that you like the most, or do you, I'm I'm assuming you like every phase of it. You like the versatility. I guess most guys probably like the on field stuff. But is there something that 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 really is what gets you going? All of it, all of it. And the reason being is is my true off-season is when those guys go to camp in August. Um, I typically – I don't really take time off because I do consulting with teams. But August, September, October, I'm a little more laxed in terms of the physical demands of me being able to have to show up and be available to players. Um, but I take that time to really evaluate myself, self-scout, so to speak. Um, areas I can get better, um, areas that we can improve the overall program, all three heads in terms of the rookie transition program, the summit and educational program, and then the veteran program. And what we really do, Ross, is we look at that and I look at, I kind of peel back the layers and I understand that I love all of it. And I kind of, like I said, I mentally prepare and I know, all right, starting late December, that eight to 10 weeks is going to be a grind with the rookies. And then the next eight to 10 weeks with the veterans is going to be a grind. And that'll put us right into, you know, the summer training and the summit. So there's not one thing that sticks out as me loving. I love the entire process. I love, I love seeing, you know, I, one of the be best things I love to be honest with you is after we check the box of the combine and the pro days is taking those rookies and then putting them in the veteran groups. I love that part of it. Because it's like the rites of passage, um, you know, they've kind of gone from being in their own group, you know, of these 16 guys preparing. And now we start to put your Evan Neals and Charles Crosses with Teron Armstead and Lane Johnson. And that's where, and, and Rashawn Slater, that's where the real learning ends up happening as well. Because now they're starting to pick up on some of the atomic habits that these veteran guys have. Um, and it puts them that much ahead of the curve when they step into a building. So many good things I want to ask you now. Um, I didn't know about the consulting. Tell me about the consulting part of it. 
Yeah, I've got a couple of teams uh, that reach out to me for just kind of all things O-line. Um, everything that we just talked about in terms of the aggregation of information with some of the advanced scouting stuff. Um, also, perspective on players. Um, even in the strength and conditioning and medical staff, we kind of all come together and spearhead there. And um, really, for me, it's not so much about having all the answers, but it's being able to work with teams and understand what their objective is and what they're trying to get done um, and how I can help them maximize the player's potential. It also doesn't hurt when, you know, a lot of their old, old linemen, there's various teams that have, you know, four and sometimes five old linemen, their starters and a couple of their backups that are out training with me. So um, it's one of those things where, like, you take notice of that as a front office and team, and then you realize that, hey, maybe this guy can help us. And so it's really kind of been that the past uh, four years with doing some consulting with uh, various teams. Should have probably started with this, uh, Duke, but your background. Yeah, everybody right now is like, okay, they get it. You're the O-line guy. But how, how did you become the O-line guy? I don't think you play in the NFL. How did you become the O-line guru that all these guys go to? Yeah, so that's a great question and it, it's really simple um, I was an undersized offensive lineman that went to a division two university um, which we won't name because I hate them now because they got rid of football but um, it was one of those things where I understood that I needed to control my controllables and my controllables being an undersized offensive lineman was how hard I worked in the weight room and on my craft uh, the playbook understanding the big picture the grand scheme so those three things I knew that I could pour all my heart into and whatever happened, happened. And every year they tried to replace me. But every year I can continue to train harder, continue to develop the technique and continue to understand the big picture of the scheme. And so I immediately got into coaching. I played, I had a brief stint in arena football and that didn't work out for me. I mean, plain and simple, I was undersized and there wasn't really a spot for me. I wasn't a, a center at all. I played guard in the, in college football, but I was forced to play center in an indoor game. And that game is completely different than the outdoor game. So I was cut from there and I immediately got into coaching. And being cut and getting into coaching was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, started off at College of the Redwoods Junior College um, as the assistant strength and conditioning coach, but also the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Um, had three really good seasons there. Then I went back to my alma mater Humboldt State ended up being the defensive line coach and uh, and uh, assistant strength coach at Humboldt State. The entire time, though, I always worked with the O-line coach to help develop O-line because that was my niche. That was my passion. So I had a unique opportunity to go down to Arizona for a company that I will not name um, <laughs> that trains or did train offensive linemen at one point. Um, they still do, but it is what it is, but worked very closely down there and bought some some new things to, to that brand in terms of the Olympic lifting and a lot of the other stuff with my strength and conditioning background. And it didn't work out for me there as well. Um, so I was kind of off the scene in 2014, 15. And what ended up happening was I ended up going down to Charlotte and it was like Jeff Schwartz last year and people didn't know that I was still training guys, you know, cause I had for 2012, 13, 14, 
working at this other company. I had a pretty good rapport with guys I was training, and then I kind of disappeared. Well, we ended up putting out some videos of me training Jeff Schwartz, and all of a sudden, my phone started blowing up like, hey, we didn't know you were training guys again. I'm going to come and train with you next offseason. So that next offseason in 2017, um, I ended up having, um, let's see, Ron Leary, Jeremy Parnell, DJ Fluker, um, Brian Winters, um, Jeff Allen, Hugh Thornton, um, Jeff before he retired, Jeff Schwartz before he retired. And so I went from kind of being out of the business then to being back in the business and just slowly building. And the the big thing that kind of blew this whole thing up, so to speak, was I was watching the NFL Top 100. And Lane Johnson, who I had trained in the past, had got on and said, you know what? He goes, we need to figure out, we need to all get in a room and figure out how to stop these guys. And the light bulb went off. I go, oh, man. I had just read the uh, Mastermind Principle by Napoleon Hill that talked about getting together in a room and, you know, the aggregation of information and, you know, you know, streamlining success. So when Lane said that, I said, dude, I said, we absolutely have to get in a room and figure out how to stop these D linemen. And he said, what are you thinking? I said, just what I said. Let's put together a summit. Let's talk best practices. And so the rest at that point, as they say, is history. So that was probably April of 2017 or 18, 2018 maybe. From April yeah. to July is all we took to get that first summit together. And we only had 27 guys, but it was 27 guys all talking best practices, going through technique, not really any lifting. It was all the mental part. And then that 27 turned into 50 and then at 50 turned into 100. And then last year we had 220 guys at the summit. And the summit piece, the training piece has just all continued to skyrocket. That is awesome. And now you've got your own beer, man, uh, <laughs> which is incredible. Uh, I've seen it, the O-line mastermind. I haven't drank it. I don't know if it's out yet. Um, but I know uh, you and I have a mutual friend who's a big fan of yours and offensive line play and what you're doing. The guys over at Hop and Sting, I tag you when I post my beers every Friday and Saturday night. I tag it because I know you're a beer guy as well. Yeah. But tell me, tell me about the O line Masterminds beer. Yeah, absolutely. We have got the Masterminds IPA coming out, and it's fitting. You know when it's coming out? It is coming out at 7 p.m. April 28th, the night of the draft. So we're going to have a big party down at uh, Hoppenstein Brewery for the first round of the draft. And uh, that'll be the first tasting of the Mastermind IPA. We'll make sure you get a couple of cases, um, you know, up there to you. But, uh, yeah, our mutual friend out at Hoppenstein um, has been very great. They've been great to work with. And the funny thing about it, Ross, not even you know this, is one of the other founders – of Hoppenstein Brewery, me and him went to college together. I actually used to throw him out of bars when I bounced in college. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's another connection there, but uh, I'm fired up for it. Uh, we had great success with our partnership with Buffalo Trace past couple of years with uh, the Mastermind Oli Mastermind uh, single barrel select bourbon that you know stores around here can't keep on the shelf. So I think the Mastermind IPA people are gonna absolutely love. That is awesome, man. I love that you're having it during the first round of the draft because 
every year now it seems like you have a couple guys go in the first round. But what's probably more impressive is the guys you work with, you know, the Creed Humphreys, the Trey Smiths that don't go in the first round and end up having so much success right away. I hope the Ch- I hope you're a consultant for the Chiefs because if you're not, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> I, I talk to the Chiefs very often. <laughs> that that I, I I bet you do, man. That is awesome. You know the thing I think is interesting watching the videos of the O line masterminds event. This is the last thing I want to make. The last point I want to make, Duke. I had nine O line coaches in my career. Nine. And the thing that I think is so interesting, they all taught different stuff. Yeah. Now, I don't know how good I could have been, Duke, if I just stayed with one my whole career. You know, maybe I could have been a little better. I don't know. But I kind of became a jack of all trades. First of all, I played all five positions. And then I would go from one O-line coach to the next, and they had totally different techniques. And unless you're like a Lane Johnson type, they want you to do their technique. They they want you to do what they're teaching. So I never really got to perfect one way. But the thing I did notice from seeing and being around some great coaches, some great players, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, you can do it differently, and that that's a big misnomer is people think, oh, this is how you have to do it. It's not the case at all. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's the one thing that um, I think the young guys benefit greatly from hearing from the guys that have done it, the guys that have been in the arena. Uh, but there's a lot of ego in coaching because you'll talk to coaches that swear their way to do it is the only way to do it, and the other coach is stupid, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. But then – as a guy like you who's had nine different online coaches and you can start to take and fill up the toolbox so to speak with a little bit of here a little bit from here and then you realize like hey it's not so much about a way to do it it's about multiple ways of doing it and understanding who your opponent is that you may have three different ways that you're going to get a job done based upon who you're playing and that means the way you have to set like I've got a, a, a select set of rules for pass protection that has two variations of it. So, for instance, in pass protection, I say the first two most important things is 1A is a great stance. 1B is get the hell out of your stance. So so many times, guys get beat because they don't get out of their stance with a sense of urgency. Okay, now where the switch-up comes is the next thing we want to do is for your interior guys, create space off the line of scrimmage, or for the offensive tackles, get to your spot. Well, here's where the variation comes. If you're playing like a team like, uh, you know, the Washington football team or the Washington Commanders, who their D-tackles now have that hub where they're going to bull rush you from underneath, we don't want to necessarily set them half man and inside out and then also back up off the line too much. We want to cover them up and also maybe close space instead of create space. That way they're forced to have to reset their hands instead of getting into that bull rush where they hook you. So a small stuff like that where um, there's, depending on who you play, you're going to have to have switch-ups. And you're going to have to have uh, caveats to your initial rules. And the, the ways of this is how I want it done and the only way to do it, that shit is dead now, Ross, because these pass rushers um, have become so dynamic. I mean, there was just a high school, like five-star, the number one re- recruit, who I think he ran a 10 300. I so saw that. I you got saw Jordan that. Davis, who is 6'7, 345, that ran a 4'7. And all these guys are lethal with their hands and they're asked to do stuff naturally coming forward off the ball while we're retreating. So 
with all that being said, we need to find a way to get the job done. And sometimes getting that job done doesn't look the same all the time. Totally agree. And I, and I think different body types, different guys have more success. I was a terrible puncher. I was much better with the underhand grip. Um, I really did not like creating space or distance. I would try to, no matter what I was playing, I would try to close, because of my arm length, I would try to close the distance as soon as possible. I jumped guys all the time. I think guys ultimately have to figure out what works best for them, you know, and their body type. You know, Lane is super athletic. He's got that crazy explosive first jump. I mean, everybody's got their thing that's best for them. And I think that's probably the lesson I learned is like, it's like college and studying. We're like, figure out what works for you. You know, figure out what helps you get the job done. Um, that is awesome. I, I think it's fantastic that you get to do what you do for a living. I'm a little jealous, to be honest with you. That is amazing. Check him out on social media at Big Duke 50. He does an app. Wait a minute. Yeah, Big Duke 50. Then I went to your your uh, your link tree says the Big Duke 50. So that's um, for that's for Instagram, I believe. Okay, Instagram's the Big Duke Fifty, and if you're in the the uh, the, the Dallas area, you got to get the O Line Masterminds beer when it comes out. Um, that's going to be delicious stuff because I went to Hop and Sting the day before the national championship game FCS, and it was epic. I love that place and love those guys, Duke. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Ross, no problem, man. Uh, we'll see you down here at the summit, and uh, we'll crack a beer. I think what Duke does is awesome. I, I think I could, I, I would really enjoy that job, that business, just like I really enjoy my Raycon wireless earbuds. Think about whatever it is that you want to accomplish, right? The rest of this year. How about, I'll tell you this much about my Raycon earbuds. There's no doubt in my mind that I work out better when I'm listening to music through my Raycon wireless earbuds, especially like Rocky soundtrack. I have a whole playlist that's all just workout music. And so when I'm on the road or in in my own house, I pop them in. They've got the optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. I've never even gotten close to them running out of battery. It's got eight hours of playtime. 32-hour battery life. And what I like about it, for you guys especially, it's half the price of other premium audio brands. Half the price. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 48,000 five-star reviews. Think about that, 48,000. Right now, you guys, my listeners, you can get even 15% more off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash tucker. That's buyraycon.com slash Tucker to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tuck Stakes. 
Hey, Ross, good morning. Let's start with uh, Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton joining the Brian Flores lawsuit as uh, some audio came out about sham interview processes in 2016. Right. So uh, this is very noteworthy, right? Because originally it was Brian Flores and he was doing this on his own. He was the only one against the NFL and against the Dolphins and the Giants and He's added the Texans. It's a little bit different in my mind when other people like Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton join the lawsuit. little bit different when they join the lawsuit, and it's not just a lone man standing. That's number one. Number two, there's audio of Mike Malarkey on a podcast, you know, my former coach with the Buffalo Bills, not, by the way, when he was on my podcast, because he's been on at least once, maybe twice, I've had Mike Malarkey on the show. So it was not then. It was not when Coach Malarkey was on my show. But I think he was on like a Steelers podcast. And he said that he was asked about his regrets. And he regretted being a part of what he felt like was a, a sham interview process because he had been told he was getting the job before they interviewed other people, the Titans head coaching job, before they interviewed other people like Ray Horton, which seems very problematic for the NFL. Now, next time I have Andrew Brandt on, we'll have to talk about it because I still feel like I, I always wonder what's the end game here? Is it just somebody getting money? Is it like actual change? What 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 exactly is the end game here with this situation? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that th none of this is good for the NFL. The fact that two more guys joined the lawsuit isn't good. The fact that Mike Malarkey has this audio basically confirming that they had already decided to hire him before they went ahead and interviewed any minorities, including Ray Horton. So we'll see how it plays out. There's always a whole bunch of uh, legal wrangling going on in any of these situations. But I think it's certainly noteworthy and just reinforces that this is going to be a topic in the NFL for a long time. Tux takes. Cleveland Browns signed center Ethan Postick. Falcons signed uh, Lyman Jermaine Fetty. Uh, linebacker Rashawn Evans, Bucks in quarterback Blaine Gabbert and Keanu Neal. Kareem Jackson signs back with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, listen, Falcons need to get any solid players they can. Fetty has some positional, you know, versatility. Uh, obviously, their head coach, Arthur Smith, knows Rashawn Evans from their time together in Tennessee. The Bucks feel like they have a lot of quarterbacks now. Brady, Gabbert, Griffin, Trask. Like, how many of these guys are they going to continue to keep? I'm not sure I totally understand, like, why Griffin's still there. If he's not the number two, you'd think Trask is ready to be the number three. I, I don't know what the deal is there. Maybe Brady just likes him and wants him back on the roster, and that's probably good enough. It's probably all you need. As for Kareem Jackson, he's really had an outstanding career. Uh, when he moved to safety, it totally changed his career. And it looks like Posick might end up being the Browns' new starting center with them moving on from J.C. Treader. Tux takes. 
Houston Texans are giving Brandon Cooks a two-year extension. Your thoughts? Well, that's really interesting, Brian, because it looked like they were going to trade him. I think a lot of people thought he was available for a trade. And, you know, Brandon had a good year last year. He's had a good career. He's been traded, I think, two or three times already, and people thought he was going to be traded again. But instead, I guess the Texans said no. And um, the two-year extension can pay him up upwards of $20 million. He was already under contract for this year. So now he's under contract to 2024. But that was sort of the Texans' way of saying we are not going to be trading Brandon Cooks. He's staying. Tucks takes. And one final note, the Tennessee Titans are going to start accepting Bitcoin as payment. I think, I don't know if you saw this, Bri, it's for like, I think, season tickets. I think it's for luxury suites. And I think that's probably, I don't follow the Bitcoin stuff that much, but I, I would imagine that that's pretty significant for Bitcoin as a currency. You know, anytime anyone says they'll accept it as payment, that even further legitimizes cryptocurrencies in general, Bitcoin in particular, and is probably a positive. Plus, it gets, you know, it gets, it's a marketing, right? Anytime somebody says they'll accept it, it's marketing, which is a positive because more people will know about it, more people will investigate it, maybe more people will invest in it. So that, that is significant. They're the first NFL team that will accept Bitcoin as payment, which I thought was, uh, really noteworthy. Really noteworthy. The other things that are noteworthy, we're going to have an awesome week next week. I'm going to have some winners for you Sunday night. We got some shout outs for you. Always Evergreen Economics, go bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, and pizza boy brewing. Other than that, oh, and myfrontpagestory.com. We are exactly a month away from Mother's Day. The time to engage is now. Get your significant other or your mom or any of the moms in your life the greatest Mother's Day gift ever, myfrontpagestory.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 